Empire. Access to travel sports needs real solutions. Sports Engine pulls all of that together and from website right through to payments and uh, making it easy, easier for the families, which I think is really important and easier for the clubs and the relationship between the club and the family. That's Sandy Og, CEO and founder of Diamond Allegiance, who through partnerships with a major large platform is finding ways to help open doors for more players of all income levels. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. As you will hear, the efforts that Sandy's group started with really were based in philanthropy, making sure the doors were open for all athletes of all socioeconomic levels. The core mission remains intact, but there are other issues for all travel teams to keep the sport affordable, and he's addressing those as well. Our guest this week is Sandy Og. He is the founder and the CEO of Diamond Allegiance, which is dedicated to helping elite travel baseball organizations run better businesses. And recently, they just announced a partnership with NBC Sports Next, which is which is the sports tech arm of NBC. Hi, Sandy. How are you? Yeah, great, Bram. And thanks so much for, for having me on. Okay. Tell us a little bit about Diamond Allegiance. What do you do? Yeah, so Diamond Allegiance um, is, you know, we... We, we wanted to pull together the, the owners of the top travel, and we started, we're starting with baseball, with the top travel baseball clubs in the country. And so, you know, the, the, there are some very large uh, clubs, like, for example, the Canes that operate out of, uh, out of Northern Virginia uh, that have about 12,000 families huh. in, their, in their system. And there are other, you know, clubs, we started with a nucleus of six, which were identified as the sort of top, top clubs in, in, in the country. And if you look at them regionally, we have clubs that are from, you know, from the mid Atlantic, the Northeast, Southeast. We have quite a few clubs in the, uh, that are from the West coast and then across, uh, you know, the, uh, from Texas and so forth at this point. Altogether now we've got 26 clubs uh, that are a part of, the, of of our ecosystem, and about um, you know we we will finish 2023 with about 15,000 families involved in the Diamond Allegiance. Okay, so what do you do with them? How do you help their clubs? W- what was really important when we looked at the travel ball ecosystem, you know, my worry, uh, Bram, is I came at this from the from the angle. It started for me as philanthropy, and that is I, you know, I was watching as my kids were growing up that baseball was, through this travel ball was becoming sort of an elitist uh, element. Um, it costs about it cost a family about twenty thousand dollars a year to participate in travel baseball, and that leaves a lot of families behind. Yeah. And so what I wanted to do with the, you know, my wife and I started the, the, the Diamond Sports Foundation and what we wanted to do was help kids uh, that, you know, were being left behind who were great players, but just couldn't afford to be a affordability. Accessibility is a big element behind the Diamond uh, Allegiance. 
So if you look at these top clubs, and if you take uh, uh, college baseball rosters, um, 97% of college baseball rosters are, are kids that come tr- from travel clubs. Yeah. And uh, as I started to get into the travel clubs, I realized that, you know, and people were thinking that, hey, these club owners are, are grabbing. It's a money grab for them, but it's just the opposite. The money, that $20,000 is going to hotels and, you know, and, and, and you know, the cost to, to, to get to uh, the tournaments and play tournament fees and, you know, that kind of thing. And the club owners who are actually doing the hard work um, are not sharing enough in, in the whole thing. So it went from philanthropy to help the kids to how do we help these clubs and club owners to be better businesses? So that that's the way we got we got into it. Okay, so let's take the second part first, and I'll go back to the philanthropy part, which was to open up the doors for more opportunity for young kids. But let's start with with the business. Um, how yeah. are you helping them? Are you a logistics company? Are you how are you figuring out how to make this a more affordable experience for them? Yeah. Um, so you know what what we did was we you know we 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 initially went and found the you know six top club owners in the country and we pulled them together and said let's form the allegiance together because you guys really know the sport you really know the ecosystem how it works and so on so they joined in they became partners with us in in the creation of the diamond allegiance and what were the things that we could do to help their businesses be better how could we and and we started interestingly enough with affordability and said, can we, by, you know, working together in a scaled way, can we lower the cost of, uh, to the, to the families? Yeah. And so we created something called diamond deals <laughs> and diamond deals is a web app that a family can go in. And if they're going to play in a tournament in Tampa, they type in Tampa and in deals come up, you know, here's a deal on on a hotel. Here's a deal on a rental car. Here's a deal on an escape room. Here's a deal on, you know, on a meal. Um, or, Hey, you forgot your, you know, your, your equipment, you know, here's a deal that you can buy cleats, uh, or you can buy a belt or whatever cheaper. Um, and they can use it at home. So savings was, you know, one of the first things that we went after. Second thing, um, uh, would, was, um, really, the, a lot of what was being done was showcasing players through tournaments. But what we felt was really important was player development. And all of these clubs say, listen, the next thing we have to figure out is we have to demonstrate to these parents who are investing a lot that when these, when these kids are on our, in, in our club, that they get better, measurably better. So measurable athletic progress was kind of the second thing we went after. And then, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited uh, to, to say that, you know, we started to look at the way they run the clubs and how they spend their time. And they were spending a lot of time on administrative stuff. So we looked around at all the people who have, um, you know, these um, systems for managing payments and scheduling. I mean, you can imagine if you've got 12,000 families, how many notices you have to send out yeah. about we got rained out or you have to be on field four or be at practice at two, you know, that whole administrative burden on these, these are relatively small businesses was huge. 
So we looked at all of the, the, the people that are out there doing it. And I'm you know excited to say that we formed a partnership with NBC Sports Next, which has a technology called, our setup technology is called Sports Engine, which is the, the engine of the way that they run their clubs. And all of our clubs now are adopting um, Sports Engine as the way that they run their clubs. And it gives them the opportunity to concentrate on developing players, showcasing players, and, and less on actually running their businesses. So this is the big things we really went after, Graham. Okay, so on the engine, is it logistics, communication, all the burdensome stuff that I have a 10-year-old who's in soccer leagues, I get it, he's in a competitive league, um, there's a lot of moving parts going on, there's not a lot of people running it. Is that kind of lifted that burden for these teams and coaches and leagues to communicate with parents? Yeah, Bram, you got it. Um, it you got it exactly right. And you know, you you've got a, a you know your son is playing in 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 a in an elite you know sort of travel soccer yes uh, kind of thing. Um, and you, you think about the you know web and mobile communication that has to go on, and you think about you know sort of you know team communication, all the stuff to get you know from when are we going to do what, and then registration. And payments, and because a, a big part of it, you, you can imagine if you have to go um, and, uh, and and collect, you know, family by family, each of those payments and different kinds of payments and so on. So, Sports Engine pulls all of that together, and from website right through to payments, and uh, making it easy easier for the families, which I think is really important, and easier for the clubs. And the relationship between the club and the family, uh, you know, be, being easier, which is an, an, an important thing for us. And, and by all of us, the clubs being on the same system, there are also inter-club kind of benefits that come with that, too. This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. Um, let's talk about player development for a moment. Um, when you talk about that with young players, are you talking about better coaching? Are you talking about wearable data? How are you trying to put into action uh, metrics for players and their families to see improvement? Yeah, it, it, it's a cool question. Um, because, you know, the thing that we you know, we, we wanted to do was, you know, measurable athletic progress. And if I'm a parent, I, I can, in, in a school setting, I get regular reports about academic progress. Well, why shouldn't I get, if I'm in a development program, program, developmental program, why shouldn't I get measurable athletic progress? So what does that mean? So we boiled it down and we have an app called Curve. And curve does, you know, measures three things, brain, body, ball. So the, in the first element, you know, what are the ball measures that, what does the ball need to do? If it's a soccer ball, or in this case, if it's a baseball, what does the ball need to do in order to, for me to be able to compete? 
How hard do I need to throw it? How much does it need to spin? What does it need to do? And there are all kinds of ways, and we're partnering with different people to bring in ball data. And then we, we, we can show the player, hey, listen, if you want to play on this level, the ball needs to do this. <laughs> you know, how fast does it need to come, come, how fast does it need to come off the bat? How fast does it need to come out of your hand? How, you know, wh- where does it need to go and so on? So the ball. Um, and then, but the ball doesn't do anything if the body can't do it. Yeah. So then, then, and we, and everything we, we, we do is, has to be measurable and measurable on an iPhone. So we have, you know, we work with three motion AI. We have uh, artificial intelligence and computer vision that, that we measure the body. So by how, how, um, you know, how powerful is, is the, is the person, how mobile are they? Um, and so there, and, and, and when we can then say, all right, we've got a good sense of what your body, your body needs to be able to, to do this in order to generate more power. And then it gives you a prescription and you get a daily program that says, Hey, if you want to improve your power score, you want to improve your mobility score, um, you know, or your flexibility score, um, you, you, you need to do the following things. And then we're making the connection between the body and the ball. And then finally, you know, the body doesn't do anything that the brain doesn't tell it to do. Thoughts are things. And so we've got um, measures um, and we're working with a, a group called Athletes IQ um, where we, we can actually um, measure like reaction time and spatial awareness and, and different things that help the, the, uh, the player to be able to, because a thought generates energy and energy creates focus. It sick triggers to your body that you're going to, you need to do something. And, you know, and we see players that, you know, they're in the bullpen, everything's going great. They walk out onto the mound, cortisol level rises, you know, stress hormone you know, goes crazy. And how do we teach them very practical techniques to be able to manage themselves in these critical moments? Um, you know, how, how they show up. So, the, and, and what is the connection between the brain and the body, the body and the ball. And, and so we give them body score, a brain score, a body score and a ball score, which comes together in something called the curve score. And the curve score is, is scaled based upon the level of competition that you are in. So, Hey, listen, you need these kind of scores to be able to participate at the division one level or the division two level or at the high school level. And, you know, if the ball doesn't do this and, you know, you're not this sort of strong and this sort of uh, uh, athletic, you're, you're probably not going to compete at that level. But it's not, you know, the score isn't a, you know, the end of the story. You can actually get better and we can help you get better with an everyday kind of, and it's an everyday type of type of program. Here's what you ought to work on today. And whether you have gym equipment or whether you don't have equipment, it asks you what what equipment do you have and, 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 you know, where are you today? So we, we can help you out. Okay. Let's go back to accessibility. Um, this is a very different space than when I was growing up, I'm 50 um, and I played mainly recreationally and then for my high school, but getting into a league or being even in a semi-competitive league doesn't feel like, and I think my parents could probably verify this, what it is today. Um, you mentioned the expense, um, 
I think there's a lot of politics going on in youth sports, and there's a tremendous amount of um, competitiveness for a variety of reasons. Um, how do you kind of view accessibility just broadly before we get into what you're trying to do to, to help that? Yeah, you know, Bram, this is uh, a fun, such a fundamentally important question uh, that uh, that you're you're on here. Um, uh, you know, and it, it troubled me. You know, so you know, my my kids are growing up in you know in Westchester County um, are you know privileged. You know, they're they're growing up in in in, in privilege, and in our town. Uh, you know, it was incredibly political in who was going to play and who was going to, you know, when, when they were going to play and all that kind of thing. And I, I didn't understand it because I didn't grow up with, with resources and all that kind of thing. And, and, and of course I was playing rec ball and, you know, and, and, and that, that, that sort of stuff, but I was, it was much more merit-based um, in, you know, in, in that uh, situation. And I was concerned. So, you know, we started to think about, you know, there are kids just close by in New York City in Queens and in Bronx and, and so on that, you know, we're growing up with all this privilege and they're they're not. And, you know, and, and these travel uh, programs, incredibly expensive. And so, I you know, I, I met a, a ex-major league guy who said, hey, you know, what what if we put together a team that is, you know, like the best players and, and regardless of what they can afford or what have you and, and put them together. And so now there's, there's an opportunity for my kids to be with, with other kids privileged or not privileged. They're just, who's the best player. And let's see if we can strip as much of the politics out of it as we can. And that's when I started to understand exactly what you say. There's a lot of kids that we're leaving behind. They don't play baseball because it's just too expensive or they don't play soccer because it's just too expensive or hockey or whatever. And so I said, well, what if we said, you know, if you come and try out, if you can make the team expenses off the table, which is exactly what we did. And, you know, we started to, you know, to, to offer partial, you know, sort of let, let's fill in the gap of uh, to help the players be able to participate and I can tell you that some of the, for my kids, some of the best friends that they have, like for their whole life, are, you know, kids that they met by not being in, in the middle of a privileged, you know, sort of thing, but being in a, in a situation where merit really matters. How good am I? And am I getting better? And if I don't get better, that guy's going to take my position and so on. Where's the money coming from? Are you, are you raising it almost like a like a scholarship? Is that how you're kind of viewing this now? Yeah, well, it, it started off, Bram, for me as philanthropy. Right. So I've been blessed in, in, in my life. And so, you know, the first four or five teams that we had, I covered it all, through, uh. you know, and through my own uh, do, donations. Um, but then, you know, we, 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 we created the foundation, the Diamond Sports Foundation, because I said, listen, we can't just help kids in the in the greater New York area. We should be this should be something we can do nationally. And so we have been expanding the foundation, and we've been getting donors. And then the other thing is, I said, listen, if this is going to be sustainable, because to me, uh, Bram, it's all about the kids. I, I, I'm not doing the 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 the, the, the 
the allegiance um, because, you know, it, it, it's something that I want to, you know, I'm not trying to get rich on, on that. I'm doing this because it gives me the opportunity to help more kids. So as we generate profits from Curve and from Diamond Allegiance by all of us working together, you know, we're, we're just going to help more kids. And so now we're, we're helping kids on each one of these clubs around the country with a scholarship program. So the business feeds the foundation. And then we have donors that feed the foundation so that we can just help more kids. Sandy Og is the CEO and the founder of the Diamond Allegiance. Thank you so much for joining us, Sandy. My pleasure, Bram. On the next Future Sport podcast, innovation continues to thrive at one of the largest soccer brands in the world. How you can bring that to the private life, to the academy, to the young kids that are playing football, in order so they get started, get used to use data to help them improve their skills, improve their training sessions, right? So, and Ryan, we, we understood that there was there were a gap in between the pro solution and the the, the ability to bring that solution to the to, uh, again to the amateur level. That's Albert Mundet, head of the Barca Innovation Hub, where the soccer giant is at the forefront of new technologies. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.